Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Three-day food journals. How many of you have been asked to keep one? By a nutritionist, by your trainer, and maybe in today's world, it's now apps and different programs that you can find on your phone, websites, things like that. How many of you have actually done that? I used them for a very short amount of time when I was a trainer. You may be asking why. And I call them the greatest works of fiction ever written. And you may think I'm being overly harsh, but I'm not. Two things happen when you are asked to keep a three-day food journal. If you're being honest. And for those of you who have done this, you know exactly what I'm going to say. You either change the way you eat and eat healthy and or you lie. And generally speaking, it is a combination of the two. So while I understand the concept behind keeping a three-day food journal, it is flawed from the start. And it's one of the reasons why, on a similar note, so much of the nutrition 
research is flawed. It's because they're asking people to tell the truth. Asking people to remember. And asking people to remember something that they're not even conscious of half the time. What am I talking about? They're often referred to, and I do so in my book, the sports nutrition book, Swim, Bike, Run, Eat, as BLTs. Not bacon, lettuce, and tomato. This is bites, licks, and tastes. Bites, licks, and tastes. These are things that were never once included in those three-day journals when I asked clients to keep them for that short amount of time that I did so till I realized it wasn't really worthwhile. Bites, licks, and tastes. Every single thing that passes by your lips. Mothers know exactly what I'm talking about. When you have kids and I was home, flexible schedule, offices close to home, wife works, traded off, but I spent a good deal of time and still too with my kids when they were young. And what inevitably happens? Bites, licks, and tastes. And it continues. The kids don't have to be young, by the way. And I remember vividly <laughs> when my kids reached that age where it was sad because they weren't leaving that extra quesadilla behind or that chicken nugget. You know what I'm talking about. No client ever, ever, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients over the years either wrote down or told me when I would ask, what'd you eat yesterday? They didn't say, well, I finished that Gatorade that my kid left behind. You know, the last three sips or, you know, had that half a quesadilla, as I said, finished their cereal, whatever it is. Baby food. Do you know that certain baby foods are designed, are created, knowing that the mother is going to taste it and that she better like it as well as the baby? Bites, licks, and tastes. So, yes, these are three things you don't realize are insanely keeping you from losing weight. Oftentimes, you're not even conscious of these bites, licks, and tastes, and they add up like crazy. And so I'm going to give you a couple quick references to studies and just go through them real quickly and some facts. And what we're talking about here, too, is snacking, kind of. But most people do not consider that half a quesadilla or that half a Gatorade sports drink, whatever it is, or finishing your kid's milk. And a lot of it comes from guilt. I've talked about how my Italian grandmother used to tell me it was a sin to leave food behind, whether it was on my plate or someone else's. But you don't think about this. And this is the energy in, energy out paradigm that is overlooked and misunderstood and just said not to be true when it comes to weight gain. Complete garbage. Every single thing that passes your lips. Now, I have experience. I've always talked about how the extremes for me, whether it's doing Ironmans, ultramarathons, all of those kind of things, I have done so many different things to learn. And I did natural bodybuilding for a year or two. And that's an extreme where you monitor every single thing you do. We even uh, didn't drink water. We drank distilled water. 
Some stuff made sense. Much of it did not. But my point is, I became acutely aware of every BLT that went into my mouth because I couldn't afford it. And what does that teach you? The extremes? A, to be aware of all of this stuff that you don't even realize. Subconscious. Subconscious oftentimes. Especially the mothers with, you know, multiple kids running around. You know, you're finishing that little bar that your kid ate half of. So there's snacking and then there's these BLTs. And the research is into the snacking. And let's get into that real quick because it's a fit tip. Okay. According to the Harvard School of Public Health, about a quarter of Americans surveyed said they snacked multiple times a day. Malarkey. Malarkey. <laughs> to use that term, which my dad uses too. A quarter? That's it? A quarter. Malarkey. But what do they consider snacks? And that is not differentiated in the research. One third said they snack at least once daily. Again, malarkey in my opinion and experience. 40% said they at least occasionally replace meals by snacking with lunch being the meal they most often replaced. 25% sometimes skipped meals entirely. And here's the kicker, the huge problem. It's all a problem, but they don't have as much control. Children, for children, snacking makes up about 27% of their daily caloric intake. Again, I would say it's higher. And there has been a substantial increase in snacking habits over the past few decades. Going to get to that in a second as well. American children tend to consume snacks that are calorie-rich and nutrient-poor. Not just kids. Not just kids. But the difference is they're less likely to lie as much, <laughs> I would argue, when it comes to the research. Second little piece of research, Snacking Patterns of U.S. Adults is the title, What We Eat in America. And this was the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey in 2007-2008. So a little far back, but... Worth talking about, and I would argue it's gotten worse since then. Quick statistics, according to this snacking patterns of U.S. adults between 1977-78 and 2007-2008, significant increases have occurred in both the frequency of snacking and the percentage of adults snacking on any given day, up from 59% to 90%. On any given day in 1977 through 78, most adults, 73% snacked only once or not at all. In 2007-2008, almost two-thirds of adults, 65% snacked at least two or more times in a day. We don't talk about this enough. You know what a great, I mean, hardly hard research, but it is often thrown around. Take a look at the pictures from Woodstock. And look at how many overweight people there were. Just a picture, just a snapshot in time, but supporting what I'm talking about here. Now, the data source for the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, estimates in this report are based on one day of dietary intake data. One day. Not perfect by any stretch. And again, I would argue... Against what it says here, actually, let me read it to you. A total of 5,420 men and women aged 20 years and older provided complete and reliable dietary intake data. Okay, maybe for one day. But this is one of the major problems 
with research in general and nutrition research in particular, exercise and nutrition. People say they do more than they do when it comes to exercise, and they say they eat significantly less. And when it comes to snacking, malarkey, and when it comes to BLTs, not even aware most of the time, and definitely not counting it as snacking most of the time. And one final little study to show how goofy this all is, titled No Consistent Association Between Consumption of Energy-Dense Snack Foods and Annual Weight and Waist Circumference Changes in Dutch Adults. I don't want to get deep into this one, but I want to show you how goofy it is. Let me highlight the main points in the title again. No Consistent Association Between Consumption of Energy-Dense Snack Foods, okay, no consistent association between eating, you know, high-calorie snacks and gaining weight and your waist getting or changing for the bigger is what we're kind of looking at here. And this was in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, 2011, July. Now, first of all, again, I don't want to get into a deep dive, but what is energy-dense? Is energy-dense whole wheat pasta or is that cookies? Because, yes, then we can have the ghrelin and leptin and hunger hormone discussion. But here's the conclusion. So this is a perfect example of a study that the media would grab and go, oh, snacking doesn't make you gain weight or your waist get bigger. Because there's no consistent association between it. The conclusion in this very abstract is our study provides some but inconsistent evidence that consumption of energy-dense foods is positively associated with an increase in annual weight in normal to overweight Dutch adults. Stop the insanity. Stop the insanity. So this fit tip is to get you to do a few things. I am not saying you can't snack, but I am saying a couple things that the research does show and experience does show and common sense prevails. Hopefully, be aware, first and foremost, be aware. So back to the three-day intake. I didn't throw that idea out the window when I was a trainer. But what I did do is tell people, you keep it. I don't want to see it. As soon as the person knows or thinks that that is going to be seen by someone else, of course, especially when there's a relationship flawed from the get-go. But I would say to the client, listen, I want you to keep a three-day food inventory Ideally, actually longer than that. You know, it would be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because what you do during the week and what you do on the weekends, two totally different things, which is why the health examination study at one day, of course, you can extrapolate out from there. But limitations, huge limitations, in my opinion. So be aware. So do that three day intake for your own purposes. Every single BLT. And that's your homework, by the way. We all have phones now. Open up that notes app. I want you to do this for three days. Every single time something passes by your lips, every B, L, and T licks people. Licks. There are calories, oftentimes significant calories in that lick. (laughs) That tablespoon of cookie dough when you're making cookies. Why do you think they say, don't trust a skinny chef, a skinny cook? 
one of the reasons. There are a heck of a lot of BLTs that go on in that profession. So you need to be aware and then you need to be honest with yourself, not with your trainer, not with your, you know, that's, that's problematic. If you have a nutritionist, of course, you want to be honest with that, but, but the lying is human nature. Who wants to admit, I don't, that I ate that entire pizza or that I ate that entire box of Girl Scout cookies. And that happens to this day. And then the final takeaway is, yes, when you do things like I've talked about in prior podcasts, like eat breakfast and focus on healthy foods that are going to satisfy you and eat more frequently, five to six meals, I generally don't snack because I'm eating medium-sized meals frequently throughout the day. 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. The snack might be the, the final smaller thing at night. But this is such a perfect example of the absolute flawed approach to nutrition and a lot of the flawed information we are getting and the flawed information you are receiving. Eat more healthy food. Eat more healthy food in larger portions if I hear one more time, like that, you know, someone is concerned or, you know, the media is pushing the, you know, don't eat too much fruit, don't eat too much salad, don't eat too much healthy food. You're snacking because you're hungry, because you're eating foods that don't satiate you, because you're not getting enough protein, because you haven't found the healthy foods that you like, that make you feel good. You're skipping meals. Why do you think you're starving? And why do you think the wheels fall off at three o'clock? Well, research just showed us that there's so many people that skip lunch. Front load your day. The first two or three meals of the day are the most important, in my opinion and experience, when it comes to weight gain, when it comes to feeling good, when it comes to a lifetime of the same healthy eating patterns. The better you eat, the less you'll even think about snacking. We could talk about healthy snacks, another podcast, but I'd rather you focus first on those healthy meals and eating more of them and more during them. BLTs. I want to hear about it. I want all of you who have never done a true three-day intake and make it four. I want Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. See how many times you're opening that phone. See how many times you're forgetting that you just took a sip of something. Finishing your spouse's beer. (laughs) These calories add up. And when you cut them back, when you fuel your body in a healthy way, then you hit that healthy weight. Thank you for listening. I am Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, sports nutritionist lover of everything health and wellness. And my goal is to give you the best information that you can use to look at the science for you so you don't have to. And there's a lot of digging that has to be done. And the answers aren't complicated. It's the application that is challenging for many of you. And you can't possibly get to your destination when you are given faulty directions, which 90% or more of what you are consuming, whether when it comes to exercise and nutrition information is putting out there. 
All right, reach out. I want to hear those four-day <laughs> intakes. What did you find out? Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter. Questions, comments. Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter. You can go to fitnessdisrupted.com. Email me through the site. Micro Workout Plan is my most recent book. And yes, I have a brand new virtual gym opened up, soft launch. Lots and lots and just decades of content going up there. That is tomhollandfitness.com. Remember, there are three things we all control. That goes to what this show is about. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, all of those BLTs, and our attitude. And they are all connected. And that is awesome. Thank you for listening. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe in yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between, like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.